Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Girls Next Level. Bridget, I'm so excited for this week's episode for a couple reasons. Why? Tell me. Well, one, we just hit, about a week ago, we just hit 5 million downloads. So thank you guys so much for that. You continue to blow us away with how involved in the podcast you are and how much fun we're all having with it together. So thank you guys for that. I'm so excited. I was like, 5 million. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I'm just excited to get into this episode because you guys hung with us through the first three episodes where we had to go through how we were characterized and all that stuff. And this episode is a really fun one. We're finally getting out of the house. We're going to Vegas. We're seeing some friends and we've got a lot to say about it. Yeah. We have some fun people in this episode too. So it's a good one. All right, let's get into it. We are so excited because we are doing Girls Next Door Season 1, Episode 4. I think it's called What Happens in Vegas. Yes, I think so. There's too. so many Vegas episodes throughout the years. I'm like, wait, what's, what's which, this one called? But I'm excited about this one. And Bridget, I wanted to ask you if you ever had any issues with our 9 o'clock curfew. Because the star of this episode is not me. It's not you. It's not Kendra. It's not even Hef. It's the nine o'clock curfew. (laughs) That's the issue in this episode. Yes, actually, I did have an issue with the curfew one time. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, the curfew didn't bother me. Like, I'm not like a big nighttime, let's go party on my own type person. Like, don't get me wrong. I love doing it with Hef and I love doing it at the mansion, but not on my own. So it rarely bothered me. But one night, my sister and I were in Burbank, and we were running a whole bunch of errands, getting ready for some event that was coming up, and we saw a black Angus. And I don't think I don't, I've ever been to that. Is it like a Sizzler? It's like a steakhouse. I think yeah. it's, uh, I think Sizzler was a buffet, maybe. I don't know if I've ever been to Sizzler. Sizzler was like a salad bar and restaurant. Okay, so uh, Black Angus was like a, a steakhouse, and back at home- Do they, they still have them? We should go, because I would love to go. Um, back at home, we- we didn't have one like in the town we grew mm-hmm. up in, but like Stockton was like the next biggest town over and they had a black Angus and our family used to go there and we'd get what was called like the wagon wheel thing. I think that's what it was called. And it was <laughs> like, you guys are probably like, who cares about this? But it's just, this is why we, we like were to so talk excited. about food on this podcast. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it was like the, you would get um, an appetizer for mm-hmm. two and then you would get like each get like a steak with a, the sides that it comes with or whatever. And then you get like a, a dessert to share. And so you got like a little bit of everything and it was like this combined price, whatever. So my sister and I were like, oh my God, Black Angus, we should go there. And I was like, you think we have time? Yeah, we have time. Let's Mm -hmm. just do it. Well, we went there and they were being super slow. And I kept watching the time and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we have to go. We have to go. (laughs) And I was like freaking out. And then finally we're done. We leave. It was delicious, by Mm -hmm. the way. We leave. We come racing back to the mansion. And I was like a few minutes late. I don't know how many minutes late. I know it might have been as much as 15 minutes late, but here's the kicker. We're having dinner and Hef calls and says, we're going to do a, hello, my darling. We're going to do a movie night tonight. All the girls want to watch. And I don't even know what you guys were going to watch. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm not running errands still. I don't know if I'll oh, make it no. home in time. And he was like, we'll try to be home in time. So the pressure was really on. So he probably wanted you back before even nine, right? Probably. But I mean, all yeah. I had to be back was by nine. And we came in, um, I think it was like 9.15 or 9.20. And I was like totally freaking out. I was like, maybe he won't notice because you guys were in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. And we get, get up to my room and my sister and I are like getting into our cozies and stuff. And then all of a sudden my door fl- 
flies open and it's Hef. And he was like, where were you? <gasps> and I was like, um. Terrifying. I was so terrified. Like, it makes me sick to my stomach right oh. now thinking of it. And I was like, um, my sister and I uh, just stopped for dinner and it took longer than we thought. And he was like, and he just like went off on me, like freaking out. And I just thought, oh my God, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we were only a few minutes late. Yeah. And he, it didn't matter. Like, I just got so reprimanded. My sister was, oh my like, God. freaking out and not saying one word. Just, like, totally quiet. And, like, I and just got totally yelled at. And you know what's annoying about that, too, is I don't know how long you'd been living at the mansion when that happened. But he knew you. Like, what did he think you were doing? I don't did know. Did he think you were in a gangbang on Hollywood and Vine or something with everybody watching <laughs> saying, oh my God, look at Hef's girlfriend cheating on him? And I'm with my little sister, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just, it was, it was really bad. And I don't think I was ever late again. I had um, an instance where I was a few minutes late. It was, I think it was a Monday because Hef had this night on Monday night that he called Manly Night where he would have like a bunch of guy friends over and they would have dinner and then they would watch a classic film and then discuss it. So Monday night was Manly Night and he'd be in the movie until like maybe 9.30, 10, I would say. And that day I had a photo shoot down in like Newport Beach, which is in Orange County. And that's like over an hour drive from LA. With tra- rush hour traffic, it's probably like two and a half hours it or something. It could take forever. So I had a photo shoot for this surf magazine down in Newport Beach. And I went down there to do it. And I hadn't told Hef ahead of time because he didn't really like me doing anything. Like it wasn't like this big paying gig or something, but I didn't really mention it. So I went off to do this photo shoot. And I drove home from Newport Beach and there was traffic. So I probably rolled in the back gate about 9.05. And it also was less of a big deal because Hef was in manly night. It's not like he's sitting around drumming his fingers waiting for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I drive up to the gate and this security guy, because you have to talk to a speaker before they let you in the gate. And I'm like, hey, it's Holly. And he goes, does Mr. Hefner know you're out this late? <sighs> and I was like, what the fuck? first of all it's just weird as an adult to have somebody else talk to you like that like you're a child like you're a middle schooler who's coming in past curfew yeah and I was five minutes late and he was still in manly night so he's not even gonna know I'm late unless somebody tattles right so that was annoying and I don't even think it got to him because he was still in manly night so he didn't like (gasps) oh you got lucky yeah I got lucky but I was scared for a second I was like what the fuck And the thing about the nine o'clock curfew is I knew about it before I made the decision to move in. And it didn't bother me because I thought I'd only be living at the mansion for like a year or so. And I wasn't really interested in like going out and clubbing on my own or meeting guys. So I didn't care. But since I had been living there for probably about three or four years, by the time the photo shoot incident happened, it gets to be a little frustrating. Like, have I not earned any trust by being like the quote-unquote perfect girlfriend for the last three or four years like I've never broken a rule or done anything wrong and I can't be five minutes late and I feel like that's where the curfew started to bother me is after I'd been there for years and years and Hef's talking about making this relationship permanent and I don't earn any trust over those years it's like you kind of think in the back of your head like oh if I wanted to go on like a girl's dinner and be out like a half hour later and have still in manly night that shouldn't be a big deal but it was a big deal and I was never allowed to do that stuff and as girls next door would go on over the years and we were 
you know, needing more episode ideas, he would let us go on an overnight to like film an episode or maybe be gone two nights max to film a trip or something like that. Granted, he has security with us and a camera crew, so he knows what we're doing every second of the day. So we got to do things like that for the show, but it was really disheartening over the years that I never was allowed to earn any trust. And plus, like, I'd moved into the mansion when I was 22, straight out of college. I'd never done any, like, girls' trips or, like, girls' nights. Or, and I would have liked to have done that, especially since we did have so many amazing female friendships through the mansion, like, with other playmates and stuff. Like, there were times playmates I was really close to were getting married, and I couldn't go to their wedding. I was just going to bring that up. Because, God forbid, I'd be out one night and go to a wedding reception. Like, it right. wasn't allowed. It was yeah. fucked up. Yeah. I was going to bring that up because there was a couple of weddings that we weren't able to go to and there was one that we had to beg and scream and cry to get to I know it was ridiculous so that's where my problem with the curfew was it's not that I was dying to go out late ever every night or wanted to cheat on Hef or anything like that it was never that it was the fact that supposedly we have this like permanent relationship but I'm never allowed to earn any trust he can't trust me with anything I can't have like normal female friendships it was just ridiculous yeah so let's get into the episode. The okay. first thing I noticed with the episode is they show the mansion outside at night because it's like 4.30 in the morning. Yes. And you know you're seeing Kendra because you hear her theme music. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I wanted to point out in a way that they kind of made Kendra special. She was the only one who had her own theme music. Was she? I thought we all had our own. No, because we... She had the hip hop music and they only used that for her for like the first three and a half seasons. And we'll get to it later in season four. They use it on Kayla Collins, but that was because Kendra was barely in season four and they were trying to replace her with other people. But we'll get to that later. Okay. But that music was only used for Kendra. Later in this episode, we'll get to it. They give you weird honky-tonk music yeah. that you never hear again. And then sometimes I would get like this 50s romantic music. And I thought, oh, that's my music. And I love that because I love like 50s music. And like I thought it was really cute. And my character was supposed to be like the romantic one. But no, they just use that on any romantic scene. So we never had theme music. It was only Kendra. That's crazy crazy yeah I did not know that mm -hmm. like I thought we each had our own and I was like what was mine and I remember it being kind of honky-tonk sort of like very banjo-y sort of they use different music with you over the years but in this episode it's weird because it's very country yeah and I'm like what is that <laughs> yeah I don't know what about me strikes them as that's kind of my theme, huh? Because that happened to me in my pictorial. That happened yeah. to me. Everyone thinks I'm country. Yeah. And the reason we have to get up at 4.30 in the morning is because we're doing a day trip to Vegas for a playmate's birthday, and we have to be back before 9 o'clock. So in order to even get a few hours in Vegas, we have to get up at fucking 4.30 a.m., mm -hmm. get to the airport for like the first Southwest flight to Vegas, have a few hours in Vegas, and probably leave around 4.30 p.m. in order to get to the airport, get on a plane, and get back by 9. Yeah, I'm not sure what time we had to leave there, but I think the last was flight out is like 8 or 9 o'clock to back to L.A. But to get to the house by 9 o'clock. Right. We would have had to, because like... Right, gotta get, we gotta drive back to the house too. Yeah, so we have to yeah, work we had, backwards. We had to drive from the Burbank airport to Bel Air area, which is long, so that's probably almost an hour. So we would have had to land by like eight. The flight would have had to depart by seven, so we would have had to be at the Vegas airport by six, leave the Palms at 5.30. 
Yeah. So yeah. 530 would have been the latest. We could have stayed in Vegas. Sadsies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's sad. And what's extra ridiculous about this is like we're being filmed for a show. So it's not like we're going to be doing anything that would piss half off. That and we, we have security with us. Hef yeah. security. But I think the producers of the show loved the fact that we had to do this crazy schedule because they just wanted to show how bizarre our lives were. Not only that, but we went to the Palms and the Palms was like BFFs with Hef, like that, that yeah, whole connection. So exactly. they were like watching out for us too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was this like sneak off to Vegas kind of day. Yeah, no way. <laughs> but that opening scene, it does start um, in Kendra's bedroom. And did you notice that she orders dog food to her room? I did. Wait, I thought she didn't want the butlers to carry trays to her room because they're people too. So, um, yeah, I noticed that she ordered dog food after just saying in the previous episode that she doesn't do that. Yeah, and then the dog sound effects are my dog's barking. Which I said in the commentary that I noticed at that time. I didn't notice it in the earlier episode that you noticed it in. But they keep using my dog sounds to make it sound like Kendra's room is so chaotic. Right. (laughs) And then I have this talking head interview where I'm in the living room and it's so dark. It looks like I'm in a haunted house. (laughs) It's funny. I want to go back and watch that now because I like that. Yeah, no, it was cute. But I wonder, did they make it dark on purpose to go with the 4.30 a.m. or was it just early on in the series and they were experimenting with looks? Oh, maybe. I also noticed too that Kendra relied on the um, butlers to do a wake-up call for her rather than, I just set an alarm. Yeah, I don't know. Did you have the butlers call the room or did you set an alarm? Oh, God, hell no. I couldn't have the phone ring while Hef was sleeping. Oh, yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> well, then that brings me to the next thing. They show your room as if you're getting ready that morning and Hef is up. And I'm like, what oh, the Yeah, that was all footage from a nighttime, a different night. And you were saying that your footage where you're brushing your teeth was not from that morning either. It was no, like nighttime footage. It wasn't. Yeah, Hef would have never been up at 4.30. He slept until like noon or something. Yeah. I was like, this is not, this is not the way yeah. it was. They were just all. splicing together whatever footage they had. Also, I noticed, this is another weird thing. So it shows the limo outside and it's still dark. And it shows a shot of like the turret where the vanity is. And there's the giant gargoyle with a tarp over it on top of the turret. And then there's like a weird light. Was that for the show? Did you notice it? There's like a weird spotlight up on the roof. And I wonder if that was for the show or what it was. I don't know. I have to go back and look. Yeah, it was strange. That's weird. That's a good eye on that one. And then it cuts to interviews of us or me at this point where I'm like making excuses for why Hef isn't going with us. I'm like, yeah, Hef isn't going because he doesn't really like traveling. But it's just not that, like, he would have never gone to Vegas for a day for a playmate's birthday. No. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, I have to explain to the audience why he isn't going with us or why we're not together all the time. When really it would have just been like he had work and he would have never been interested in going on a trip like that. Yeah. And in this episode, I'm kind of the narrator again. Yeah, I noticed that. And I also noticed that the energy is really low when you're telling the story. That's what I noticed too. I was going to say I'm the narrator again, which back in the day, I would have loved to just stay the narrator and not have to do anything else on the show. But I hate the way my voice sounds. It's extra like high pitched and pageanty and trying to make everything sound perfect. And it's like, fingernails on a chalkboard to me I just felt like it was really low energy like here we are going doing an exciting thing like um, Vegas uh-huh. and, and there's this, this curfew so the pressure's on and I feel like the the um, episode has energy to it but I feel like the 
the interview with you is low key compared yeah. to what we're t- what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I thought that's so weird. Yeah, and it's very it, it really bugs me. It was really annoying to me when I was watching the episode, and I always kind of felt like I kind of had this like. 50s veneer like Stepford wife kind of thing going on because I always felt like you know the press and the media and people in the outside world were always asking us questions about this relationship that I wasn't 100% comfortable with so I would always just tell the story like oh everything's perfect and everything's great and my voice would be really fake and just kind of like high-pitched and pageanty and it's just driving me nuts hearing it now like fingernails on a blackboard Well, I always, I've gotten the question before, like, did you think it was um, rude that Hef would make you guys fly Southwest and stuff? And honestly, at that time, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think anything of it either because Southwest was the most practical way to go for Absolutely. a short trip to Vegas. Like, even when I moved to Vegas later and was making a ton of money, I still flew Southwest if I would come back to LA for like a day because that was before they had Jet Suite and it was just the easiest thing to do is fly Southwest into Burbank because Burbank is this tiny airport that's like super low key. Don't tell anybody about Burbank. It's our secret. It's very easy. It's like way less hassle than going in and out of LAX. So Southwest is just like super easy. But I do think it's a little weird because... It's so cheap and so bootleg and just not cute for the show. Like, it makes me think of, like, the simple life, how the show would fly Paris and Nicole on a private jet out to Arkansas or wherever they were going because it's cute for the show. But they never did shit like that for us. Like, we flew private if Hef wanted to fly private. Right. But not for us, ever. No. In fact, I think the producers probably saw this and they're like, (laughs) these girls have to fly in and out of Vegas for only a couple hours and they fly southwest. Like, they wanted to catch that and show how bootleg we were, I think. Ugh. Which I don't, I don't think flying Southwest is that boot. Like, especially at the time, it was the easiest option. I still do it. <laughs> yeah, I would still do it. It's just, it comes off really weird. And as a viewer now watching the show, I'm like, Ugh, why didn't they just give a, get us like a tiny private plane from the show's budget? But no. <laughs> no, and I remember, um, well, I'm not remember, when I was listening to the commentary, we were talking about how people were making fun of us at the airport. Yeah. I don't. Re- I actually don't remember that either, happening. But... but obviously it happened because we were talking, all three of us were talking mm-hmm. about it in commentary. And I think another reason people were making fun of us in the airport was not just that we were dressed up, but that we were dressed up that early in the morning. Because if we had had more time on that trip, I'm sure we would have wore comfortable plain clothes and just changed when we got there but because we were on camera leaving the house and because we had to hit the ground running when we got to Vegas we were already in our outfits that we wanted for the show but before we get to the airport let's talk about how they show you getting ready in your room and you're wearing the cutest dress and they have weird honky-tonk music in the background for you but it's so do you watch Euphoria yes you know the scene where Cassie is in her cute little ruffle country outfit and her hair is kind of blown out and they're like are you auditioning for Oklahoma? <laughs> yes. When I see you in that scene now, I can only think of that scene because they have the honky-tonk music and you have the cute little blowout poofy hair and the little country dress. And I can just picture Maddie being like, bitch, you better be joking. <laughs> 
And you know what's funny is I did a TikTok because they're making a show on my book and people are always like, oh, who do you think should play Kendra and Bridget? And I was like, Sydney Sweeney has to play Bridget. And I'm so mad at myself for thinking of that because I feel like I'm going to be so disappointed if it's anybody else. Oh, no. <laughs> and especially after watching this scene, when I, it just makes me think of that scene in Euphoria, the Oklahoma scene. That's hilarious. I didn't even put two and two together, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're totally right. And speaking of before we even leave, too, there's a scene of us in the Great Hall, and I'm talking to you, but I'm trying to sell you on this pair of earrings. And that I'm I being have. so fucking rude. Wait, but I couldn't figure out why that scene even made the cut. Like, I Because they cut me to be a bit... Either I was being rude and didn't realize it at the time, or they cut me to be rude. Because I'm watching it now, and I'm like, that's not usually how I would say it. Because if somebody was like, oh, I have this thing you can borrow, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm good. Thanks for offering, though, or thanks, though. I would always say thanks. Yeah. And maybe I didn't back then, because maybe I was tired and out of it or something. Like, I didn't mean to be a bitch, but I'm watching it now, and I'm like, why am I being so fucking rude? She's offering me this jewelry, and I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> well, I didn't even take it, even re-watching it this last time, I didn't even take it as you being rude. I just thought, this is an odd scene to leave in here. And if I did say thank you, they might have cut it out, because we've already seen how crazy they are with the editing. Yeah. I don't know that I said thank you, but I know that I would never have that conversation now without saying thank you, so I thought it was weird. But I think the reason they left it in is because I'm a bitch in that scene. You're so, like, oh my God, I have the greatest earrings. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. And not even saying thanks. No, I'm good. I got, I'm yeah. happy with what I have. Yeah. Like, I um, think that's why they left it in. Well, see, my thought was they were trying to just show a scene of us standing there waiting for Kendra. Maybe. Um, Maybe that was part of it. To show that, like, we're down there and we're ready. Mm-hmm. And Kendra is not down there. I do notice as we're going downstairs, the hallway is looking a little cleaned up. Oh. So I must have done the cleanup in the hallway between this and whatever the episode one or whatever episode. I was like, the hallway is disgusting. Yeah, I didn't even notice the hallway. Yeah. So then the infamous missing birthday gift right. scene happens. Kendra comes downstairs and she can't find the gift that she got for Carmela for her birthday. And at the time... I thought that maybe production had hid the gift to cause drama. I have that in my notes too. At first I thought, okay, production hid it because Kendra's, you know, not organized mm-hmm. and she's untidy. So they thought we can like slide this somewhere else and then yeah. put some drama into this. So I totally thought that at first too. Yeah, but we couldn't find it anywhere. In fact, I asked a producer, did you guys do this? Like seriously, like we're going to miss our flight. Like did mm-hmm. you guys do this? Cause, and they were like, we did not do it. We did not do it. And I sort of still didn't believe them, but like... Yeah, we even looked in the trash. I was... Okay, Oh, I have so much to add about this. <laughs> I, I have... First of all, let me start by saying, as soon as Kendra was like, where's my gift? I went, holy shit, because I was going to forget my gift. I left yeah. my gift upstairs. Mm-hmm. So I had to run upstairs and get my gift. But they don't even show that on the show. I feel like that's double drama, that I was going to forget or, my gift. are they trying to make it look like Kendra's the only one who got Carmela a gift? Because does it ever show us giving Carmela our gifts? We, it shows her opening Kendra's presence later, and it, it there looks like there's other gifts there, but it never But they're really still shows. on this track of trying to make Kendra look like she's the only nice, thoughtful, inclusive one. I never thought about that. Because <gasps> we both had gifts for Carmela too, but it never shows us or mentions us having gifts for her. I never once thought that. And I was just thinking, why don't they show that I almost forgot the present too? Because I feel like that's extra drama for the show. Like, oh my God. And I'm not the main character, Bridget. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, 
according to them. Yeah. So, okay. So Kendra's rushing around looking for it. It's frantic. And like, I was like freaking out because I'm super like miss to the airport early. Oh, I get scared of getting to the airport late. Like I have airport security phobia. Like I hate it. Yeah, me too. And I was thinking that she needed to just drop it and just tell Carmela she had a present mm-hmm. and she could send it to her later because it's more important that we're there to celebrate the birthday party than it is the present. Especially since we have such a short time we can be in Vegas anyway that if we missed our flight, we were just screwed. Yeah. And so like, like you said, I thought that it was the producers at first. And then I was thinking, you know what happened? This is in my head. Uh-huh. It got thrown away. Like, cause it was just a bag sitting yeah. out and somebody probably just, and I didn't know what was in it. I didn't know it was full of makeup and Victoria's Secret stuff. And that if I had known all of that, I, in my head, I'm thinking it's just like a Sephora gift card or something. Mm-hmm. And somebody probably looked at that and said, oh, garbage. Somebody just left this empty bag sitting here. And so I thought for sure it got thrown away. And then that's one that shows us like pulling out the garbage and people are digging yeah. through the garbage. I mean, we were really trying to help her find it if we're going to dig through the garbage yeah, sure. and stuff. You know, like we were trying. I, I, at some point, I was just like, we need to just drop this and go. Yeah. And then spoiler alert, later on, we find out through like the commentary and stuff. Yeah, the commentary in that episode, Kendra says that the bag was stolen. Yeah, allegedly Audra stole the bag. And hopefully we can get Audra to come on the show and tell the story because I still to this day don't know what happened. And Audra ended up getting, leaving over it in some way. I don't know if she got kicked out or what the situation was, but she ended up leaving. And I've talked to Audra since and like apologized to her, but I want to apologize to her publicly too because I feel like that all happened in such a whirlwind and we were so busy shooting the show that I feel bad for not reaching out to Audra more in the moment and being like, hey, what happened? What's going on? Because I just kind of lost touch with her for a long time. And looking back, I should have really reached out. And I can see why I didn't because I was so scared of like Hef and his rules that like if he banished someone, I didn't want to like go behind his back. But really, I should have reached out to Audra because we were such close friends with her for a while. And I just that whole thing happened and it was a whirlwind and then I just didn't talk to her for so long. Well, I think that when that whole thing happened, I was so shocked that somebody would steal something like that. Yeah, and just to be clear, like we want to have Audra on because we don't really have the whole story. Yeah, we I don't have the whole story. This that allegedly she took it or something. From what I've heard, that she stole the present. And so I was so shocked and so... Because it seemed out of character, like it didn't make sense. And it's such a ballsy thing to do. Like I was like so, that I was 100% like Team Kendra on that one. Like I was just like, that is crossing a line for sure. And um, I just 100% had Kendra's back on that. Like I thought that, you know, that can't happen. We can't have people in the house that we can't trust or we don't, we don't lock our doors in our yeah. room. Like, you know, we can't have people that we don't tr- that we don't trust around here like that. That's scary. But looking back on things now, I feel like there could have been a misunderstanding and that yeah. there's always two sides to a story. And I feel like Audra never got to tell her side of the story. I've seen a few things on social media and stuff, but I would love to talk to her. I would love to talk to her about the good times. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot of them. And then what happened with all of that and how it went down and what she's been doing since. Yeah, and, you for know, sure. All kinds of things. But so hopefully we can do that. Yeah. Um, 
But also what bothers me too is that you said that the producers wanted to do like a bad girl parody yes. on it. No, one of the producers was saying that he wanted to cover Audra leaving and like cover her face with like a pixelated like that show cops remember bad boys bad boys yeah what you gonna do and hef was like no she's a playmate like i'm not gonna i don't want a playmate portrayed that way on the show yeah that's so extreme and so mean and humiliating yeah yeah i'm not here for that i don't like it and i don't all. even know how anybody came to the conclusion that she did allegedly steal the bag like i really want to get to the bottom of it and like did that even happen and who said it happened and what what even happened? <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, you said in your commentary on that episode that you thought it was the kid, possibly the kids playing a prank. Yeah, I thought that too because sometimes Hef's kids, who were probably about ten or eleven or twelve or something at that time, would just pop in at the house at random times. And sometimes, you know, I thought maybe they hid the present like as a prank or something well I didn't think it at the time but when I heard you say that in commentary it brought up this story that I wanted to tell my sister was visiting mm -hmm. and we we came in and it was um, buffet dinner and a movie time so my sister didn't want to run her purse all the way back up to my room so she put it in the hall closet which is for coats and purses by the way when people come to watch the movies you put your purses and coats in this hall closet and um after the dinner and a movie we went back upstairs and my sister said oh I forgot my purse downstairs so she mm -hmm. went back downstairs to the hall closet and um the credit card and her money was missing out of it Ugh. and so I was like freaking out and we went to Hef with it and it turns out that it was some of the kids had taken it uh yeah that's annoying and you know what who got in trouble who my sister and I. Stop. Yeah, for leaving. I didn't Why? know that part. I kind of remember that story a little bit, but I didn't know you guys got in trouble for it. Yeah, have scolded us and said, "Why would you ever leave a purse in that hall closet?" But guests did it all the time. I said, "That's what it's for." That guests do it all the time, and we got back, and it was time for buffet dinner and movie, so she just put it in the hall closet. Jesus. He's like, "Well, you should never do that." <laughs> and we got in trouble for it. Oh my god, that's so annoying. Yeah. Did you notice too, because we spend a lot of time in the, not a lot of time, but we get a lot of shots of the pantry in this episode. And the pantry is just so utilitarian looking. Like, I don't think it's been remodeled since 1971. Well, hadn't then, but it probably has now. I'm so curious what Me they've done to that house. Dying. I want to go see it so bad. Like, not only as somebody who lived there, but just as like an architecture and design fan. Like, I am. Yes. I, pray like architectural digest does like a whole in-depth pictorial on what they did to the house i'm so curious i want to go i want to go know. there and see it oh you said something that was so funny like i was cracking up watching it you said you know i like to be dramatic when i travel oh the drama want, of travel i yeah. want big trunks like i'm getting on the titanic <laughs> No, we were talking about how everybody was dogging us in the airport for our outfits. And I'm wearing this, like, wide-brimmed sun hat. Like, I want to look like Rose getting on the fucking Titanic with her <laughs> wide-brimmed hat. I And, love like, the it. Louis Vuitton luggage. Like, I love that look for traveling. I was dying. It was so funny. Uh, and then I loved the Homeby Hills jersey that you were wearing, too. Yeah. I'm too skinny in this episode. Like, in some ways, I look back on these episodes, and I'm like, could I just be that skinny again? But I see pictures from this episode when I'm in the bathing suit, sometimes on social media, and I'm like, I look so old in part because of, like, my 
snow white poofy hair, but also because I'm so skinny, like my limbs are just like bony. Oh, uh, you, you, I have it in my notes because you mentioned, oh, I'm so bloated today in that scene. And I'm thinking, where is she bloated? <laughs> well, it's weird because also later on when we're in bathing suits out by the pool with Carmela, I'm laying down on a sun chair and I put my wide brimmed hat on my stomach. And I yes. remember I did that because I was self-conscious of my stomach. Yes, that's when you I say it. I look back now and I'm like, I was a skeleton. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy how like our self-reflection changes you know yeah so we get to vegas and even though the show and hef did not come through with us with a luxury flight the palms comes through for us definitely they give us their best suite yeah did we talk about the palms at all really like the connection with playboy and everything i don't think so we briefly mentioned before that we went there for the playboy 50th anniversary party and stayed there but the palms was always like Playboy's connection in Vegas. Later on, they would go on to open their own Playboy club, but they had a whole like Hugh Hefner suite that Hef would stay in, you know, the one or two times he went to Vegas. And we got to use it for this episode. So the Palms was always such an amazing host for us. Definitely. And we were, when we were there for the 50th anniversary, they dedicated one of the streets to him. Mm -hmm. So I think it was Hugh Hefner way. It's still there. Is it still there? That's cool. I'm surprised just because there's been like so many new owners of the casino since then. Yeah. So we um, pull up and it's Ken. I think this is Kendra's first trip to Vegas, by the way. You know, she'd been once before because I remember her telling a story about her. Her and her mom went to Vegas and they stayed at the Tropicana. Oh. And every time we went by it, I would always be like, there's your favorite hotel, Kendra, because she talked about how gross it was. (laughs) Oh my God. I thought it was her first trip. Wait, I have a question. Uh-huh. So they put us up in the Hugh Hefner suite, but was it the Hugh Hefner suite? Well, it's not the one they opened later. That's what I'm because confused this was, about. There's a couple different towers at the Palms, and this was before they opened the Fantasy Tower. And the okay. Fantasy Tower was where they had the big, like, two-story with the pool Hugh Hefner suite. Yeah. So the Hugh Hefner suite before that was just, like, a big suite with a pinball machine in it. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, this isn't... I remember this room, but this is not the the Hugh Hefner yeah, suite. Yeah, they switched it over the years. Yeah, because the one that we had was later was amazing. Yeah. It was like two story, and we had the giant pool that like jetted out over the edge, and it looked like it had the glass infinity mm-hmm. thing at the end, and like incredible. I'm sure we'll get into that later and talk about that <laughs> in another episode. But this was like a this was still a suite. It was it was still yeah. nice and everything, but it wasn't like it wasn't like custom designed for him or anything like that. Yeah. Should we talk about Carmela? Yes. Well, or do you want to do you want to bring up that the um, we got there so early we were having breakfast in the room? <laughs> oh my god! So we get to Vegas so early that we're having breakfast in the room when we show up. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, and then the window washing guy too was pretty funny. Yeah, that was scary. Like I was scared for him being out there. Yeah, the whole window washing thing on our tall building is scary. And then Carmela and Jeff come. Mm-hmm. And we loved Carmela. She was one of our favorite yes. playmates, nicest person. And I feel like they don't capture her personality well on this show. Not at all. She kind of, like, if I didn't know her and I was just watching this episode, I would think she's kind of like an impatient, bitchy, materialistic, grumpy person. And that's because, not how she is at all in real life. Because that's how they edited Yeah, that's her. how she was edited. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for her, too, because she makes a comment about how she just got her boobs done. And I don't think she thought that was going to be part of the show. Right. But they included it. Right. So. 
I feel bad about that. But yeah, but we knew her from way before. Well, you knew her from way before because this is even before I was there. They did a show across the street. Yeah. In about early 2002, they did a show on Fox called Who Wants to Be a Playboy Playmate? And it was kind of like America's Next Top Model, but for Playmates. And they had a bunch of candidates staying at the Playmate house across the street. And Carmela was one of them. And she, even though she was one of the more outstanding candidates in there, she dropped out really early. And I'm not really sure why she dropped out. I don't think I ever asked her once we became friends. But the impression I got from watching the show was she was like one of the youngest people over there and kind of came from like a more conservative background. And I think some of the other girls were being kind of wild because every day that they would film, the crew would type up a summary of what went on that day for Hef and send it to him. And sometimes I would see those and they would write this kind of sexual stuff like, oh, two of the girls were being flirtatious in the kitchen. One of them had her top off and set an Oreo cookie and the other one flirtatiously ate it off of her nipple. (gasps) And I was like, what is happening at the house? And one of the other notes was that one of them started like rubbing a pepper mill on her crotch. Whoa. So there was like all kinds of stuff going on in that house. And I think Carmela bailed because she was like, whoa, what is this? This is like way more sexual than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So, but Carmela was like this really sweet, nice person. And I just don't feel like they capture her personality at all. No, they didn't. I don't even feel like they tried. No, not at all. (laughs) And she was there with her, I mean, it was her boyfriend at the time, I think. Yeah. With Jeff Garcia. So, um... Yeah, he was there, too. He's a football player. I think he played for the 49ers. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then... um, I love my Versace swimsuit I change into, and I'm so mad because... Oh, I didn't even know it was Versace. That's cool. I'm so mad because I can't find it anywhere. Like, as you know, I saved a lot of my clothes from the show. Yeah. And I was going through my archive recently, and I can't find a lot of my swimwear from that era. So I don't know if somebody, like, stole a box in one of the times I had my stuff moved. But I noticed of all the stuff I'm missing, it's all stuff that would have been like stored in a box together because it was all like swimwear from that time. Mm. Like it was like that Versace bathing suit. It was like the striped juicy bikini that I wore in the hula hoop picture from our first pictorial. It was the American flag bikini that I wore with the bunny outfit for Ah. 4th of July. And it's weird because I still have the ears and the cuffs and collar and the tail, but I don't have the actual suit. So I think I had, like, all the bikinis from that era in, like, one box, and then that box got stolen, Mm. which is so annoying to me. There's a couple others, too, that I noticed throughout the show that I don't have anymore. So that's super frustrating. But another thing I noticed is when I'm changing into the suit, they cut in a voiceover of Kendra saying, oh, that's so cute. And I don't think she was really saying it. You can kind of tell that it's a cut-in voice. So it's another instance of them trying to make Kendra looking like she's being so complimentary of everyone else. But they never do that for us. Oh, I didn't notice it. Yeah, you can tell it's not being said in the moment. And again, like, she was complimentary, but so were we. They're just always cutting it and going out of their way to cut it to make it look like Kendra's always complimenting everybody and we're never doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And then Destiny arrives. Yeah. Which I love Destiny, and Destiny's from Vegas, so it makes sense for her to come and join us while we're there. And I'm, and obviously she knows Carmela. Yeah. Um, I just want to say too, 
I have I there's a scene in there where I'm like Ugh, I don't like tequila this is tequila I don't like tequila mm-hmm. and I don't know why they put that in there either I don't know what they're trying to like portray like I'm picky or uh, probably like diva she has to get a new drink yeah <laughs> but I can I just explain why I don't like why yeah. I didn't like tequila at this time because uh-huh. I think it's a fun story so I had had a bad experience well it was a fun experience oh my God, but I turned bad. Do you know about? Okay, wait. Okay, I'll tell you, and then you tell me if it's it. Um, so I uh, won a trip to this place called Cuervo Island. Yes. Yeah, oh my God! <laughs> it's the British Virgin Islands. We fly into this tiny little airport. I mean, there were literally goats and chickens like running off the airstrip as mm-hmm. we were like landing. This is way out in Miller. There's this tiny little boat that's gonna take us out to the island, and they're like, "Oh, before you guys get on the uh, on the boat, everybody has to be inoculated." And I was like, <gasps> freaking out because I thought they were gonna give us a shot. Yeah. Like literally like an injection in the arm and I'm so terrified of needles so I was like oh my god I, I can't go I can't go I can't do this <laughs> and then it was like all of a sudden they pull out these bottles of Cuervo and they're pouring shots for everyone this blue stuff it was mixed uh-huh. with something blue I don't even know what and so I was like oh okay so we do shots it did not stop from that moment oh, on no. we were there for like I don't forget if it was three or four days it was constant shots and this island was so amazing and everything about it was incredible. But there were so many shots that I was like throwing up. I was taking the shots and throwing them over my shoulder and pretending I took yeah. them because it was so much. And so um, this was a couple of years later. But if you've ever had like a bad experience with an alcohol, you know that it lasts for a really yeah. long time. So um, that's why I can't do tequila, or could not do tequila. It's coming back now. I can have a margarita <laughs> now and stuff. And if somebody really talks me into it, I'll do a shot. But at that point, I was like, no way. Even the smell of tequila, and I was yeah. going to throw up. <laughs> was that the trip where people would come around and they'd like hold your head back and like give you shots or was that a different one that was a different one that oh, was okay. in Mexico they did that so yeah <laughs> there was that too <laughs> and then they have me calling Hef during the day which is totally something they asked me to do like I would have never called Hef during the day when I was out during the day just because I was just with him that morning and I'd see him by nine o'clock that night so it just would have been abnormal for me to ever call Hef in the middle of the day during the day unless I absolutely needed an answer to some question which I don't think I ever needed during a day and also he was busy with work in the office all day so I would have never called and interrupted unless it was something important well there was a couple of reasons for that yeah but the show wanted to include him mm-hmm. in the episode. Even they though wanted he wasn't him there, there. without yeah. being there. So anytime we went on a trip, if you see me calling Hef, it's not because I'm that psycho and clingy and need to talk to him after being away for two hours to make sure I know what he's doing. Like, it's not that. It's because the producers asked me to call him every single time because that's a way to get him back on the show. Right. And you say in the commentary that you got in the pool and ruined your mic. But I was going to say, how big were those mics back yeah, then? Yeah, those giant the mic packs. battery packs we had for our microphones in the first season. And we were wearing them. We did a really great job hiding them, actually, because we had them on the backs of our bikinis the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I see them a few times and stuff in the in the scene. That's why I noticed how big they were. Because right, yeah. nowadays, they're super tiny. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even back then there were smaller ones, but the budget for our first season was just so low. They didn't want to spring for the smaller mic packs. I think there's even waterproof ones or water-resistant ones, too, that they could have given us Mm -hmm. so we could get in the pool and still be (laughs) (laughs) mic'd. And I was going to comment, too, because you're using a flip phone. 
phone. Oh, I know. That was all I had. And I say to Hef on, on the phone, I go, you should get a plane so you can come to Vegas. And he goes, all right. <laughs> Which he had no intention of getting a plane. He's just kind of like, just bye. getting you off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you guys are going to be home by six, right? Oh, yeah. He reminds us to be home by curfew. He wanted us home even earlier than curfew. And you're like, oh. no. Oh, yeah. He said something like, oh, do you think you guys will come home a little early? And I just go silent. Yeah, you're like, no. <laughs> not possible. Because it was a Thursday night, so there's not a schedule on a Thursday night usually. Like, we would mm-hmm. do um, dinners that night, typically. Yeah. But I think he stayed pretty busy. He went up and did scrapbooking and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he had stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Did you know it's Vagina Awareness Week? That's so funny. That is so Okay, funny. you guys, I don't know when Vagina Awareness Week is, but you guys, best bet, when we drop an episode on Vagina Awareness Week, that's going to be what the episode is all about. <laughs> Hef goes down to the office, and he's talking with Norma, one of the secretaries, and she goes, oh, it's Vagina Awareness Week. And they're both really funny. Like, Norma and Hef have a funny banter. They like, do. They did a cute scene. Yeah, I think so, too. About having to... She goes, I wish they would have told us earlier in the week. I I've know. got some catching up to do. And he's like, so do I. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, now we know. I know. <laughs> and we need to find out when it is so we can include it on this podcast. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then um, you talked about this earlier, but Carmela caught up in the boob talk and stuff. And then Destiny says, well, who wants... Sh-? Carmela's saying she wishes her boobs looked more natural, mm-hmm. that they hadn't dropped yet. That's what yeah. she said. And Destiny says, well, who wants natural boobs, though? And I'm thinking, what? I think Thanks she's just saying lot. that to make Carmela feel better. Because <laughs> if I had big boobs that were natural... I'd be the smuggest bitch on the block. <laughs> oh my God. Like you'd never hear the end of it. <laughs> like I think I would be a legitimate asshole if I had huge natural boobs. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but natural boobs don't do the same things that fake boobs do and vice versa. Yeah, I just like to imagine that maybe I would have giant natural boobs that just were so perky they couldn't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that one. I know. And then in the commentary, we say something about how the pool at the Palms had been remodeled since we were there. Yeah, because I was looking at the pool and the cabana we were in, and I was like, and and this is again where I'm like, where are we really, though? Because this is not the Palms Mm -hmm. I remember. And you know what's interesting is it's been remodeled two more times since then. Oh, my God. I mean, granted, this was 15 years ago, but I'm like, oh, that's funny. We think it's so sentimental that it got remodeled once, but it's like three iterations down the line now. That's crazy. I probably wouldn't recognize it if I were there again. You definitely would not. And then I was kind of bummed because I know that, that getting Carmela a cake, because this is always my thing, getting people mm-hmm. a cake, like was I wanted to get her a cake, but obviously I can't bring it on the flight with us. Yeah. And I don't know where to order it from um, Vegas, so I asked Destiny if she would help with it. But then it kind of became their, their thing. Well, because they gave anything generous to Kendra. I never even thought about it like that. They... Gave it to her every single time. We all brought Carmela a gift, but they only show Kendra giving her a gift. It was your idea to get the cake, so you called Destiny to have her help it. But they film Kendra and Destiny giving the cake. And it's just, it's just always like that. Like they Or they show Kendra giving Sarah Underwood, uh, taking Sarah Underwood out, which she would never would have done. Oh, yeah. Before getting sure. to know her. It's just, it's crazy the effort they go to to make it look like Kendra's the only generous one. Yeah, I was kind of bummed because, I mean, I just, of the cake thing, I'm always big on the cake thing. Like, I feel like I'm the cake girl for sure. Yeah. 
And I just felt like it was something cool and, and fun that I had thought of to do. Not that mm-hmm. it's so crazy at someone's birthday, but, um, and then they just sort of gave it away to somebody. But we're noticing this is a pattern. I know, I know, <laughs> but I didn't at the time. I was just yeah. like, oh, okay. So I have a question. Who got somebody's name tattooed on their crotch? I was wondering too. I was going to ask Wait, you. Wait, how do we not remember? I don't know. And then you said the girl called you out on it for talking about it on the show. Yeah, and I don't remember who it was. We say it's a friend of ours, but I don't remember anybody getting a tattoo of their boyfriend's name on their crotch. I only know one person that got a tattoo on their crotch that I can think of. But she came along later. Yeah. And it wasn't a guy's name. No. This is going to haunt me. I, me too. I want to know who If there's it was. anyone out there who, you know who you are, <laughs> if we were talking about you, DM me and remind me. I, I won't reveal your name. Yeah, <laughs> unless, unless you want to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> but I do not remember. I would have it in my notes to ask you too. Yeah. I do not know who that would have been. Should we talk about the R word? Oh, I think we need to just because it comes up a couple of times in that episode. There's also an episode we've already covered where somebody else says that word. I say it later. There's an episode where I'm trying to golf and I get so frustrated I say it. Oh, and I probably say it too in there because it was such a common word to such say. Such a common word. And it, I'm not like trying to make excuses for it or say anybody should ever say it now. But growing up on the West Coast in the 80s and 90s, everyone said this word all the time. Yeah. All the time. It was so common. And nobody was trying to be mean no. or hateful against anybody with, like, any kind of learning disability or differently abled or anything like that. In fact, like, I remember in my fourth grade class, there was a girl who was differently abled. And everybody was kind and tried to include her with everything. And she had her own special classes she went to a few hours out of the day. But she was always, like, integrated into the class. And everybody was really nice. But still, like, people would always use that word and it was never meant to be like mean toward anybody and nobody called her that it was just a word that people used when something was like out of pocket or dumb or doesn't make sense yeah or you couldn't figure it out or something like that and it was so common growing up that I remember eventually when I realized I need to filter this word out of my vocabulary you kind of have to think about it and like watch yourself because it's just so ingrained because everybody said it back then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard when something's been your vocabulary for so long to mm-hmm. like be like, wait, I can't say that anymore. And you know what else everybody used to say like growing up in the 90s was gay. Like, oh, that's gay. Mm-hmm. Like if something they that's thought was That's another one you can't say anymore. Yeah. And I remember filtering that one out earlier before the R word. Like I realized, oh, that's something I shouldn't be saying. That's not cool. Yeah. It's it's just, though, that neither one of those were meant the way, the, in the literal way. Yeah. And it was just like, everybody said it. And I'm just bringing that up just because, I mean, I say it later on. And there's other people that have said it so far on the show. And they were all, like, really nice people. And nobody's trying to be Yeah, no asshole. one was trying to be mean about yeah. it. It was kind of normal vernacular at that time. But... Yeah, and I think if you're younger or maybe didn't grow up in an area of the country where people said that... You might want to go hard on people, but keep in mind, you know, there's things that all of us say now that might be politically incorrect in the future. And oh, we just I think don't so. Know what they are? For example, there's a big movement now where people are like, "Oh, you can't say crazy," 
because you're making Uh-oh, fun of I'm like, in trouble because I say everybody says crazy all the time my personal opinion on that is I think when we're talking about people who have like a mental health struggle don't call them crazy yeah you can keep the word crazy for everyday things like oh that happened it was crazy yeah, you have know a crazy I mean? schedule today yeah. yeah exactly but don't use it on people who are struggling with mental health use a kinder term or a more clinically accurate term that's what I think but my point in even bringing that up or people say you shouldn't say psycho because that could be making fun of somebody who actually has psychosis I say don't call someone who's struggling with their mental health psycho (laughs) like that's more my opinion of how I think it should go but my point is is we just don't know what we're even saying today might be considered cancelable tomorrow yeah so I'm drunk in the episode (laughs) (laughs) and then we get to a point where we're using this weird bathtub they have at the palms where the water comes out of the ceiling. Yeah, it was amazing. And one of us goes, girls gone wild. And I'm wondering, do people even know what girls gone wild is anymore? Oh, maybe not. And it's the second time it's it's referenced in our show, too. Yeah. Because it was big at that time. Girls Gone Wild was a 2000s phenomenon. And they were videos you could order, like DVDs you could order. They were advertised on TV, like, late at night. And... This company would go around like spring breaks and Mardi Gras and stuff like that. Or like Vegas parties too, yeah. right? And stuff like just big events, big And it parties. would be girls like flashing or later on they would get a bus and they'd get girls to like get naked and make out and do like pornographic stuff on the bus. But it's highly controversial because allegedly a lot of these women were drunk Mm-hmm. And they would be asked to sign a release, but they would be completely wasted and not knowing what they were getting into. So um, very problematic. But that's what Girls Gone Wild was. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy party girl footage. Like just like take after take after take yeah. after. It was just like constant. And then they there are several moments where they take voiceover from my phone call where I'm saying like, puffin or I miss you and just putting it over like the picture of Hef in the room oh I saw that I thought you did say it there no it's the same exact soundbite from when I'm on the phone with him and they're just layering it over and I'm very annoying with like my use of my nickname for him or like talking in a high-pitched voice or like being extra like romantic and stuff like I know I'm annoying but I'm not that annoying like they're reusing my voice like I'm not randomly in the room one hour after talking to him on the phone going looking at his picture going puffin I miss you like I'm not really doing that that's them like you can tell when you go back and watch it it's just like a voiceover they put well, I didn't. I don't take it as you looking um, annoying and stuff. I feel like it looks. It comes off as sweet and genuine. And I think there's a lot of people out there who think I'm a really annoying bitch. Oh. <laughs> well, here's what I I thought that us going back upstairs and playing in the bathtub and stuff was fun and uh, spontaneous and everything was fine about it. Here's what I I do have a problem with though. At that point in time, I just want to remind everybody, we are not getting paid for this show. No, not at all. And I am and I know that it's going to air on E. And, so, not to cut in, but we're paying for our own Southwest flights, paying for the cake. Like, the only thing free for us is, like, the Palm Suite. Right. Buying our own outfits. Like, not only are we not getting paid, but, like, we're going out of our way to try and, like, make the show as cute as we can out of our own pockets. But it was my thought that those type of scenes where there's nudity involved would be blurred because yeah, it's for because e. you can't show it on e without it being blurred we had no idea that they didn't blur the footage in foreign countries or that they would try to put and they did 
put the unblurred footage on a DVD. We never signed off on that. Yeah, because I'm watching the DVDs and it's full-blown nudity right now. And I'm like, wow. And especially in this episode, which is the first episode with nudity, I think. Yeah. It's very innocent what we're doing. And you can tell we're not like trying to be naked on camera. Like there's a shot of you and I in the bathtub, but the camera is from the other side of this beaded curtain. So it's like you can see nudity, but it's tasteful. Mm -hmm. So even if that part hadn't been totally blurred, I'm kind of okay with that just because it's so tastefully done with like the beaded curtain in between but then there's a spot where Kendra's in the tub and she kind of has her top off but I don't think she's really trying to be nude or out of her top it's just kind of slipping around I'd have to go back and watch to make sure but it's not like she's purposely flashing the camera and then there's a scene when we're leaving the palms and I'm still drunk and I'm wearing like this lycra dress and my boob pops out completely accidentally and then I cover myself back up when I notice it but we're in the lobby of the casino yeah and no one says I mean I didn't see it but like nobody the the camera crew is filming you and don't say anything yeah and I just feel like that was us being taken advantage of I think so too I totally think so too I think it's funny when um Destiny puts the bikini top on her head and she's like I look like a fortune teller (laughs) yeah it's cute and then it cuts to an interview of you saying that, oh, we don't want to be late because we don't want Hef to be worried. And I feel like that's kind of on par with how I'm trying to explain to the audience, oh, Hef's not coming with us because he's really busy. It's like us kind of making excuses for Hef a little bit because he's not worried. He knows exactly where we are. He has more than one eye set of eyes on us, whether it's security or the camera crew. It's like we have to be back at home because it's his way or the highway, and he's way too controlling. Like that's the real story. <laughs> yeah. I I was bummed that at that episode because I felt like that day and Kendra says it in her commentary mm-hmm. too. I felt like that day was such an amazing bonding trip for the three of us. Yeah, like I felt like we really got along. I felt like we had so much fun, and I really felt like our our total friendship was kind of on another level after everything we had gone through that day. But like, they don't choose to focus on that. Like the episode could have been all about, okay, you guys are in this unconventional relationship, but you have a girls' day. How does that bring you closer together? But that's not where they're ever trying to go on the show. No, and that's not how they show it. They kind of show it as like the Destiny and Kendra show and their mm-hmm. bonding and that they had such a great time and then we're just kind of there. And I'm the controlling bitch that has to make sure everybody's back on time. <laughs> and I just felt like, because if you listen to the commentary, it's that's coming from Kendra too. Like yeah. how, what a great experience it was and how we really bonded that day. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know it from watching the episode. No, not at all. And I, I feel like that is really sad. And then one of us, I think it's me... When I'm talking about being late, I'm like, once you're late, it doesn't matter by how much. You're late, you're late. And that's true. If you were even two minutes past nine, he would freak out. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to add, too, when we're doing the commentary for this stuff, it's like a year later or Mm -hmm. whenever it is, and we were getting along so well in the commentary, too. Yeah, for sure. Like, things... I just, I have to, I feel like I have to keep reiterating that stuff because people think we weren't getting along all the time. Yeah. We were getting along so well in this episode mm-hmm. and a year later in the commentary when yeah. we were doing it. I'm not saying things maybe didn't happen in between those two points, but we'll get to them yeah. as we get to them. Like, but... trust me, when there's flare-ups, I will point them out. But if I'm not pointing out a flare-up, you can just assume we're all really getting along because for the most part, we did. Yeah. And I just, and I just, it's just feel not like the show doesn't show it. Yeah. yeah. 
And then there's kind of this funny scene after we get home where you're in the hallway and you say, Hef, there's girls in my room. And they play this record scratching ah! noise and he goes, what? <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. And then he goes into your room and Crystal, Camden, Anastasia, and Audra are in there. And it's interesting because we mentioned a few episodes ago how Kendra had this paranoia and thought that we were trying to get Audra on the show to replace her, or that Audra wanted to replace her. But for somebody who allegedly wants to like be up in the show and replace Kendra, Audra's awfully low-key in that scene. Like she's not dressed in a flashy outfit. She's not trying to be up in the camera. She's not jumping all over Hef. Right. And she could have. It would have been easy to do that. But that doesn't look like somebody who's desperate to replace somebody on a show to me. Yeah, and if you guys are wondering why everybody's in my room when they get home, my room was sort of the hangout. Like, everyone would kind of hang out. It was like the hub. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if we wanted to, like, all get together or get our hair done or watch something or whatever, it always happened in my room. Yeah. It's kind of the open door there. And then there's a very cute shot of the dogs Archie and Littlefoot in the hallway at the end of the... Wait, before that, there's a sweet shot with Gizmo. There's so many good shots of Gizmo. I love it. And Hef is petting her. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, like, so sweet. Like, I miss... That's one of the things in these episodes. Like, I miss my pets so much. But I also have... And then she cuts to a sweet shot of Archie and Littlefoot. And it literally made me teary-eyed. Yeah, it's really one of the best parts of the show. And one thing I'm really grateful for is just all the documentation of the animals. It's so priceless to us. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they always wanted to end every episode back at the mansion and home. Yeah, for sure. Like, with, like, the you know, like the wide of the mansion mm-hmm. shot and like saying goodnight or that kind of thing, like always had to end. I remember Kevin saying, the producer, it always needs to end back at the mansion. And for the most part they did, like it would be seasons before we ever traveled and went somewhere. And I think a lot of times when we traveled and didn't make it back to the mansion in time for the episode to end, it would be made like a two-parter. Like yeah, when we went to Jamaica so or something. Yeah. Oh my God. And when we got home, we were a little bit late because our flight was delayed, which for us is like the worst nightmare ever because we've already maxed out our schedule down to the minute so we can be back on time. And we were genuinely so nervous, even though we were legitimately shooting a show that benefits Hef, we were legitimately nervous that we would get like yelled at or in trouble or something for being late, even though it was completely beyond our control. And there's a million witnesses. Right. But there's still like that, oh God, he's never going to let us do this again is what I was thinking. I didn't think that we were necessarily going to get in trouble because we we were shooting the show Mm -hmm. and we did have so many eyes on us. But I thought he's going to, next time we want to do something like this, he's going and be like, uh, I don't think so. The last time I let you guys go do that, you didn't get home in time or something. Or I was by myself until too late. Or, yeah, for sure. And so I thought, oh, this sucks because it just puts the kibosh on future plans. Yeah. Did you feel like this episode seemed a little rushed or incomplete? Um, I didn't notice that. I didn't make notes of that or anything. Yeah, usually when I rewatch these episodes, I feel like the short length is pretty perfect for the type of fluffy, fun show that it is. But I felt like this one, I don't know, it seemed like there was a beat missing, and I think it's because they weren't allowed to film at the airport. Like, I felt like there was a missing beat in between us leaving the Palms and us arriving home. Oh, well, there was definitely missing the dinner scene, because we we are getting dressed in the hotel room mm-hmm. to go to dinner before we leave, and they just don't even show that at all. And in, and in oh, fact, yeah. there's a scene where me asking Kendra, so are you just going to go casual? It's not to get back on the plane. Yeah. It's because we're going to go out to dinner with Jeff and Carmela for the birthday 
birthday dinner, but they do earlier in the scene show a scene from dinner when she's opening the presents, but they make it look like that's earlier in the day. Oh. But it was dinner later yeah, that night. Yeah, maybe that's why it felt weird to me. It felt like there was a missing scene or something. It's just really out of order. Yeah, for sure. So what was your favorite part of the episode and what would you want to change if you could change anything? Oh my gosh, uh, my favorite part of the episode. I mean, I think my favorite part goes in hand in hand with what I'd want to change. I think my favorite part was what I was talking about, the bonding and the relationship that we had yeah. and the closeness that I felt with everybody that day and just kind of this shared feeling of friendship and having fun and kind of letting loose. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing I would change the most is the fact that they don't show it, at least not with the three of us. Yeah, my favorite part of the episode I honestly, I think it was seeing Destiny. I think she was really cute and fun on the episode and cuter than I remember her being. Absolutely. And was kind of like a breath of fresh air. And that was a really fun day for us. And before, I forgot to mention this earlier. Can we have a moment for Carmela's body? I know. I'm my so God. jealous. Her waist and her abs. Like I if know. I could custom order body parts for myself, I'd want that, her waist and abs. It's incredible. (laughs) Moment of silence for Carmela's body. Yes. I think if I could change anything in the episode, I think I would just make it a little more truthful. Like we all got presents for Carmela and not just Kendra. It was your idea to get the cake, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I would just, I think it's along the lines with what you're saying, just more accurately portray the friendships. Yeah, 100%. But overall, that was a really fun episode to rewatch. It was. It made me feel better about things. Yeah, and hopefully we can get Audra on the podcast and talk a little bit more about what happened and hear more from her and what she's up to. And coming up soon, we'll have the episode five fight night with Barbie Benton, who also I would love to have on the show. That would be amazing. I'm so excited for all of these upcoming guests that we're going to have. Me too. I think you guys will really like it. So thank you so much for listening. Please give us a five-star rating and review if you feel like it, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. For more content, don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel.